babe. Hello all and welcome to the Affluent Marriage Podcast. You're listening to one financial coach and one educator talk about living a rich and full marriage through generational wealth building principles, authentic two-way communication strategies, and everything in between to become a couple that lives in love and walks in wealth. Your legacy begins here. Mm. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Do you know what movie that's from? No. The Truman Show. But Mm. I love it because you never know when someone's listening, right? So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night to you. Yeah, wherever you are right now. I hope you're having a good one. Kim, we got hooked up this week. Mm -hmm. We got blizzest. We sure did. A good friend of ours just so happened to have, I mean, this friend of ours has children, but Mm. they're about a year or so older than our children. Mm -hmm. Our oldest, older than our oldest. oldest. That is true. But as she receives, well, let me just say this. So here is like a pro parenting tip. All right. This is a big, this is, this is monumental. Okay. I need you to go out into the world Mm -hmm. And make friends. I know I just lost like half oh of you right gosh, there scandal. because I'm asking you to be social. But if you can make friends with a parent, mm-hmm. all right, who has children that are about a year older than yours, then what's going to happen is when that child grows out of their clothes, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, hey, my daughter, my son just grew out of all these clothes, I have all this extra stuff. We got to restock. You know, are you in need of? 4T or 5T or whatever size it is that your kid's in now because they're a year younger. And your answer is? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. You got to be a gracious, generous receiver, right? Mm -hmm. So we're all about building wealth, Mm -hmm. right? You can't build wealth if you spend your wealth, right? You Mm -hmm. can't be a millionaire if you spend your millions because then you're just broke with a million. Spending on things that are not necessarily going to build you more wealth. The thing is, like, we do this often right we have a group of friends our kids are around the same age this particular person is she just always is purging her house and she always comes up with more cute clothes cute like princess dresses so like both of the girls can play with them but i just i feel like um this is a flex right we've always been surrounded by people who have kids who are around the same age and they will just be like, do you want it? And I'm like, sure. And I'll do the same too. When we're done, my sister has kids that are a, a child cause they're younger. My sister has a 19, no 21 year old, an 18 year old and a two year old. <laughs> so my girls, like we all share, <laughs> um, it just goes all the way down to Zyla. But anyway, yeah, there's just so many ways that you can just like, you know, when you're done with something, give it to somebody else. Right. Now, this will only last for, how long do you think this is going to last? Because I know someone's listening and going, oh, just wait till they're this. You know sure, I mean? sure. I mean, I, I guess once the children start, I'm going to use the term like caring about like yeah. their appearance. But here's the thing about our children is mm. that they wear uniforms to school. So right. that doesn't really matter to them. But I feel like for me, and I don't know what it was for you, maybe it's different for girls and boys, but it was probably like around middle school when I started caring. Yeah. Just because I was like, I want to look good for girls. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did. Because that was. Well, I met you in eighth grade. All right. So there was still, <laughs> so, I still got so to live a wild and, and crazy life, you know. Sixth and seventh grade. You got to go yeah, hang out with years, all those girls. <laughs> my years of being a bachelor were sixth and seventh he grade. He did have a couple girlfriends because by the time playa. we got together in high school, we didn't go to the same middle school or high school because we definitely wouldn't have met or crossed paths or we, I wouldn't have liked him. We I don't had know. two different social groups. We did. We had, we were just different. 
But anyway, I feel like I did have a couple of girlfriends that came to my high school for whatever reason. And they were like, oh, you go out with Daniel. <laughs> I went to I went to a dance with him and I'm like, oh, my God. And I got all really emotional about it. I was like 14. What what were you doing at 12 and 13? I don't know. Right. But so apparently, you, you know, stole their heart. But anyway, all that to say, yeah, I just feel like it's a really great flex that this person literally every single time that I'm like, oh, I need to go get Sophia some yeah, more shorts. Incredible. And I'm like, oh, I should go get some more shorts. Oh, and I need to make sure I Love get some stuff some prepared for next summer or next fall for uh, for uniforms. And then here comes Trisha. I have bags do you need some for your girls? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, Trisha. Uh, and yes. it's all the stuff that I need. <laughs> I was about to go out and get, and I'm like, I don't know why I forgot. Like, Oh yeah. Right. And then you just figure out what your gaps are and you're like, all right, I just need this one item yeah. or this two items. And you go grab that and yeah. you've spent like nothing. Right. And Compared. the other thing you can do is you can take the clothing mm-hmm. that doesn't work for you tip. and take it to a thrift store. Like we have something called once upon a child. Find yourself a once upon a child. If you don't know what it is, look it up. They're independent stores, but what they do is it's just like recycling your clothing, especially for kids. So if you know a mom who's in the area, a mom who is trying to find clothes for her kid, a mom who, whatever, it doesn't matter. This area, this place is like the best because what you do is you take clothes that are gently used um, that your kid has outgrown. You go to um, this once upon a child, they'll give you cash. So if you've heard of Plato's Closet, it's very similar, except Plato's Closet is for adult clothes. Um, But this once upon a child is for kids and they'll pay you either in cash or they'll give you credit towards their store and everything in there is, you know, secondhand or gently used. So you're really able to get a lot of the staple stuff that, again, my kid, like for example, my young youngest is in daycare. She's going to mess up those clothes anyway. She's going to get them filthy. I don't care if she has the nicest, newest thing for daycare. When it comes to Easter, when it comes to going to a nice, you know, vacation or whatever, sure, I might get some new stuff. But when I'm talking about my kids like clothing budget, it's not that big because of that exact reason. And we've been doing this for years. Years. This has been an incredible, Mm -hmm. like, since they've been born, privilege and gift that we've had these last few years. But it's all because we made some friends, you know. So it all it it kind of made me think about my childhood too. Like, do you think our parents did this as well? Like, do you think our clothes? were just like the stuff that we were so excited about and those shirts that you loved as a kid. You know, I had all those like 90s striped shirts, you know what I'm talking about, that had like the pastel colors or whatever, Uh, the greens and the pinks and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, how many children wore that shirt before me? You know, it's like sisterhood <laughs> of the honestly, traveling five to dress. Like that's sustainability. If you're if you're a green person, if you like for your your uh, if you're into the you know making sure that you're recycling and sustainability for clothing, like this is not a big deal. Like share your clothes <laughs> if it's new or if it's gently used and there's no holes in it and your kid fits it, just take it. Like it's not going to be that big of a deal. So I'm a big proponent of sharing clothes when the kids are young. I get that we'll have to like make some adjustments when she gets into middle school, but as long as she doesn't care, cause she gets excited. She got so excited when she probably saw those bags. Oh my goodness. Yes, she was. She was through New the roof. Clothes. She wanted to go through them. And I was like, no babe, I need you to go to your room. Cause we don't always keep everything. Mm-hmm. We and look through it first and I don't want her to see the stuff that she's going to fall in love with. And we're like, yeah, no, yeah, no, not, not our style. That ain't but, for you. Yeah. So, so that's what we got. That is Send our little pro parenting tip there. You're right. Don't spend your money. If you don't have to make some friends along the way. Or just go to a once upon a child, not a thrift store. So it's different than a thrift store. Okay. Cause it is, it is, they only take things that are like in good condition. So they can't have like holes and like whatever, like 
it it's it's been inspected so to speak so i feel like it's kind of like a level above the thrift store i like the thrift store too but a level above the thrift right store. so we'll go there and get our <laughs> cash value for that and mm-hmm. buy clothes there and then what they don't take we'll just go ahead and put in a donation bin or that's box right. and give it to someone in need that's right so that's what we do so think about that pro tip all right last pod kim mm-hmm. was episode 14 it was dude we're almost at like the second like we're, decade yeah mark. we're almost at the next decade mark so last pod if you are a part of gram fam woo, woo, shout out right, to our subscriber we talked about building trust yes with money, mm-hmm. right? Building trust with your spouse around money. Mm-hmm. If you're not a part of Graham fam, then your why last you? episode, well, yeah, why aren't you first and foremost? So but good. You had an episode on Fun Day Monday, and we talked about the safe place mm, around yes, money, surrounding yes. money, the safe place talk around money. Yes. Can I tell you uh, a win that you might not know about? Our subscribers? Uh, yes, I want to know about this win. So um, our subscriber, uh, <laughs> subscribers are so amazing because we get messages from them. And she is starting to talk to her husband more as a result of listening to our podcast, which I love. And um, she's starting, like, she's just doing some crazy stuff, man. People are, like, starting to, like, do some big decisions with their finances, starting to pay off debt, put some stuff into savings, and really starting to change their lifestyle because they're starting to have better conversations around money. And so I just feel like that's really the point. The goal of our podcast is to do that, to start conversation, to create different perspectives around finances. And you know, if that's, if that's what you're able to do by listening to this, then that's incredible. That's all we want. I love that. Can I tell you about another subscriber? Yeah. So they just listened to episode seven, which is about like, you know, oh, charitable yes, giving yes, and all yes, that. Yes. And how cool that, because this kind of is like our passion mm-hmm. project and we are trying to help people, mm-hmm. right? That's the whole point of this. We want people to learn and grow right. surrounding their finances. And another one of our subscribers listened to episode seven and they're like, you know what? I'm going to actually become a grand fan member and subscribe and you know, help you guys out because this is your passion project. And in doing that, they're going to help others, right? Mm, because that's yeah. going to give us the resources that we need right. to push this further along, to move the needle. Yes. Ooh, I have another one. Win. We should have a great win. 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 Like, All winner. we do is win, win, win. We had several people or some people message us and say that they started their high yield savings accounts. Hey, started their high yield savings funds. And then other people, because they were talking about the episode, went to other people and they started their high yield savings accounts. That's incredible. So guys, we are doing something to change, you know, the fabric of, of, of the, the, just changing the conversation around finances instead of it being so taboo that we talk about it. Like, no, let's really talk about it. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. And if we're able to help foster those conversations and create, you know, different, you know, mindsets around it, that just that's all we want this is really that's the mission right. i love those wins because in all those there was like communication there don't keep us a secret please don't right please tell people please about us mm-hmm. right share us with your friends share us with your family mm-hmm. because we know the value that we offer we know the value that we bring and we know that we can help people yeah. but you can't help someone if they don't know about you exactly and don't forget we're on youtube as well so if you if you have someone who's like i'm not really in the podcast but i do like youtube Shoot them our YouTube channel, Affluent Marriage Pod. Same place, same name, all those platforms. Or any listening platform. Or any listening platform because we want to just be able to um, 
help you. And if this is up, if we just want to be able to be in as many different orifices, orifices, platforms as possible. Sure. Orifices. Oh, never mind. I don't want to say anything else. We want to be in your ears. We want to be in your ears. That's right. Hey, you know what else we talked about last pod? What? I wanted to give people an update. Last pod, we talked about our very first eviction. But oh, daycare. I never yeah, I never thought my first like, eviction what? would be my daughter's eviction. Yes. So not us. You know, we didn't get evicted no, and we, we didn't, didn't evict, evict anybody. Evicted. But my daughter you know, didn't get evicted. Our, but our first eviction is our daughter's daycare. Mm-hmm. So just to let everyone know, she started her first week this week and she is thriving. She's doing she really is. well. She's making a lot of friends. She loves it there. She's so happy. There's a there's like a fish tank in the lobby and every day it's just like a must. A must to go see the fish she tank. has to go see the two fish it's a really cute space and i'm happy we found it and it just goes to show you know like there are blessings and a lot of the little catastrophes that are happening that's right i almost think we don't even need to send her to daycare if we just got a fish tank in the house she'd just stare at it all day honestly when we get the when we get the townhouse and we get the next place i what want about a fi- to say? i want a fish tank wow they're not gonna get a cat no, they're not going to get pets. They're not like going to get pets. I just, I can't help but remember when your father told you to take care of his three blue fish. It was like Troy Aikman. <laughs> well, uh, that's because it was in his basement. Tony Romo. And I wasn't living there. And uh, Emmett, Emmett Smith. Yeah. And what happened to his three they blue fish? They died, but it wasn't my fault. It was my fault. But I wasn't living there. <laughs> they weren't top of my, they, were, they weren't top priority. <laughs> We'll see about the fish. We're not. We're not good at. You know. To be I fair, we we, we've never taken good care of anything before we had children. Remember all the bamboo plants, plants that oh we killed. Oh my gosh! I just keep. I'm not. I do not have the a fish green that thumb. you killed at your parents' house. We were just like, man. I Kim. I don't know. Like I feel like the universe is trying to tell us something. But you know, our two kids have turned out all right. <laughs> They're all right. <laughs> we're getting spooky today, babe. Ooh. It's spooky time. It's not October, but we're getting Ooh. spooky today. We're talking about. We should re-release this one in October. Fear. Fear. Fear factor. Uh, we're talking about fear specifically in communication. Mm, We've said this one. time and time again. Uh, we talked about this in our very first episode, but communication is a pillar of a 100%. successful marriage. Yes. Correct. If you're not talking. You're. You're walking. He didn't I like, like that. He did, I was like, you know, I didn't like. <laughs> he didn't respond. I didn't audibly respond. I had to like process it, but like, <laughs> he didn't respond the you way really I wanted him to. Tried to play respond. on some words there, and that was beautiful. <laughs> I wanted him to be like, oh, I just came up with that one. All right, full transparency. We did just have to cut right there because uh, sometimes I say things that come to the top of my head, and it's not always appropriate. And we had to we had to cut that. So. We are talking about fear. Um, so what I was saying is we've talked about this time and time again, right? Communication is a pillar to marriage. And in our very first episode ever, we talked about divorce. Mm. We said how affairs are the number one reason, but communication and money Mainly around money, right? Is like the next up number one reason, number two reason why people walk away from their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't help but think it's these five fears that we're going to talk about today, like these fears in communication mm-hmm. that cause people to walk away because they were too afraid of what might happen if if they try to communicate. And listen, if you're not in Graham fam, there is an episode that you need to listen to if you're like, wow, this is a really good episode that I need to know more about communication. So the safe place episode where we talk 
very extensively as to why this is so important is kind of like a preemptive like or proactive I should say way to keep these fears from coming up it takes intentional everything takes intentional action like I don't I don't know how to make, I'm sorry, that's not as sexy as you want it to be. Everything takes intentional action, intentional saying like, okay, we want to make this marriage work. We need to work on communication. Even if you're good at communication, we want to ensure that communication stays strong. So we need to make it a goal to continue to have these hard conversations, even if there's nothing to talk about. Because you can, as soon as you wrap your mind around the idea that you're like, we talk, we're fine, we don't have anything to worry about. So we don't need to work on our communication or work on our marriage. The moment you have that mentality is the moment when things start going wrong and you go, when did it happen? When did, when did we grow apart? And it's that intentional, like checking in, we need to put each other first. We need to like have this like camaraderie with each other because we are friends. We are partners. We are team. Once you do that, it, 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 you won't get into the point where you're like, how did we get here? You know, right. You always have to cultivate your marriage, right? If you stop watering a plant, it's going to die. You mm-hmm. know, you got to trim it. You got to take care of it. Yeah. And I love that. I used a plant analogy because we suck at plants, we, but we you do. know, you we gotta, you gotta I was going to say that like, that wow, marriage. great. <laughs> All right. Here's the first Glad fear. Glad we communicate better than we take care of plants. Yeah. I mean, you got to do something well. <laughs> so our first fear that we want to talk about today is the fear. Remember, these are all based in communication. Yeah. Fear of not being heard or understood by one's partner. Mm-hmm. Now, this fear to me, Kim, I, I get this. Oh, yeah. Right? Fear of not being heard or understood because I've seen some of y'all social media posts Mm -hmm. and some of y'all have some very, Mm -hmm. very, very strong, unwavering beliefs. Right. And if you see someone who has a different belief, you shut them down, you shut them down or you go at it. And you say unfriend. Unfollow. When you belittle people who are different and your spouse sees that, that's the way that you react on social media or maybe the maybe you don't react that way on social media but to your spouse to your safe place you're like oh my gosh and you just Mm go off Mm -hmm. on this other person because of something that they enjoy or something that they believe a value that they have Mm -hmm. a cultural difference whatever it may be right you go off on this person and your spouse sees it they hear it and then Maybe your spouse mm-hmm. has one of these values or maybe your spouse, you know, later on, you know, starts to believe something or wants to talk to you about something that they right. want to do. And they're too afraid to have the conversation because they already know yeah. how you're going to react. So this is this is a real fear, the fear of not being heard mm-hmm. or understood by one's partner. One of the things that I feel like I just kind of just now thought of is also culturally fear of being under not understood by one's partner. If you have different cultural differences that you were brought up differently as a result of what your, your family's belief, um, you know, values and, and even bringing those two together. Yes. You love each other. Yes. You want to be with each other. You know, that's your best friend that you're talking to. But when it comes to maybe like child rearing, when it comes to education, when it comes to, you know, money there's there can be a lot of cultural uh rules and perspectives that you might not be 
familiar with. And because of what you know, because of what the spouse or whatever you might be saying, this has to happen. This is the way it has to be. This is the way that they've grown up. So this is what I have to follow. It can be hard. There's a fear of if I bring this up, am I honoring him in his or her upbringing? If I bring this up, I'm not bringing honor to their culture. Does that make sense? Yes. And so there's a lot of fear that goes into that, 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 you might be like trying to battle. So I think there's some other stuff where it is very much like, okay, we're, we're kind of talking from the, the perspective, I think commonly of two people who maybe have similar backgrounds who, you know, are in a relationship and they're just not talking about money or they're just not talking about these things. Right. But there's also that side of things too, where you might be coming from two different worlds culturally and there's fear there too. Right, so fear of not being heard or not being understood. Hey, this is Kim Graham from the Affluent Marriage Podcast. We hope you're enjoying what you're listening to so far. But if you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish I knew more about what's going on in Kim and Dan's world. I want to ask some specific questions and be able to get extra resources. Well, you might want to think about joining the Graham fam. Now, I know I love exclusive content and I love having more of Kim in my life. And if that's something you're interested in, you can be a subscriber and you can get exclusive episodes that no one else is going to hear that's going to help you build generational wealth and have more authentic two-way communication. Links are down in the show description. You'll be able to click and see more information about GramFam and we hope to see you behind the scenes. Have a great one and let's get back to the show. But people are dismissive of differences. Why? Because different can be uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. right? When something is different than you're used to, it's not your norm, Mm -hmm. it can be uncomfortable and change is hard. So trying to try to take your mindset and shift your perspective so that it makes sense in line with what the other person is believing or something, it's, it's, it's hard to make those changes. So, you know, I guess I'm saying from the perspective of there's the spouse who's afraid to mm-hmm. communicate and then there's the other spouse that maybe is you know un you know wavering in their beliefs you know they're they're not going to understand it, it's because change is hard right. right if we look at why they're unwilling to listen or to change you know it's it's because they what they believe is what they believe and they don't have an open mind mm-hmm. yeah and i i think that's a that's a different kind of perspective. I just I guess we're we're open-minded people and and I'm I know that not everyone is But that open-minded. takes practice, right? That I, takes practice to Closed-minded, open-minded, right? It's not like I was born closed-minded and I can't be open-minded or I was born open-minded and I can't be like that's something that you have to practice mm. and work on, right? And that goes back to being in school, right? Mm-hmm. Like you sat in a group and you listen to other people share, you know, their opinions, share their disagreements, and you did it respectfully. Mm-hmm. And you took turns, and you listened, and you let them say their piece, and then you said your like. That's something that you practice as a child. So if if you're struggling with that as an adult, that's then you true. probably didn't nurture that as a child. But that doesn't mean it's too late for you. That's true because even in school, we are taught, you know, like you can listen to somebody and you don't, you know completely disagree we try to find points that we agree with and also find points that we say we respectfully disagree um that's that those are definitely like school you know objectives that we learn and and you know habits communication i guess habits that we learn um 
because we're trying to find a harmonious way for our classroom and for our students to be able to communicate with each other. Um, so I definitely think that, yeah, something must happen down the line as you get a little bit older where your mind gets more more closed. So you kind of have to think where, yeah, you know what, you know what, hold on, hold on, let me go back. Because yeah, our kids, like if you put kids in a room full of other kids, they will find best friends <laughs> in seconds and they won't even know, like they won't even care where you came from what color you are like they just go oh you like purple I like purple too and then you just go for it you can play I mean kids of all different types of you know places can come together and they just love them right so yeah something happens down the line experiences that we've had our upbringing maybe the media media that has changed the way that you view um seeing or hearing other perspectives that has caused you to be hard towards that and you're bringing that into your marriage where when your spouse is telling you something that is, you know, important to them, that is a differing viewpoint, that is, you know, challenging some of the things that you are, that you've always done, when it becomes uncomfortable, that is when the closed mindedness comes in and you immediately shut down. That's something you've got to recognize and investigate for yourself. And this is the point where we say, it's okay to seek help. Absolutely. <laughs> we've been there, we've done that, and we encourage that. Yeah, I know it's easy to say things like this, but it, it, this is the truth, right? If you don't speak up, you won't be heard, mm-hmm. right? So if you're afraid of not being heard, you're afraid of them not understanding, you're never gonna know. You're never gonna know. Unless you take that chance, you take that risk, and you have that conversation mm-hmm. with your spouse, right? Action beats inaction, in yeah. right? So you, it is a fear. I, I get that it, it's, it can be debilitating, it can mm-hmm. be really challenging, but and it's easy to say, but you have to take that step. Yeah. Um, we're gonna talk about this a little bit later, but there are things that you can do to make this conversation a little bit easier. Uh, so speaking of action, Tell me about your favorite Susan Jeffers quote, Kim. I It's so funny because you seem to say that often that I have like a favorite Susan Jeffers quote. I feel quote. like there's a post-it in your room. It's not a post-it. Um, this is really funny. This is funny. Okay. So on this podcast and on this YouTube, you're going to see his reaction in real time when I tell him this. Okay. So <laughs> you looked at my desktop one day. Yes. And I told him that I made this desktop. Yes wallpaper and it had the quote from susan jeffers that says feel the fear and do it anyway yes fun fact because it's your favorite i (laughs) i was on canva and there were some post-it thing on that background that i created that yes those are quotes that i created that feel the fear and do it anyway was just a part of the template (laughs) i had no idea I did not know. I was Stop. like, who was Susan Jeffers? <laughs> no. It's your favorite quote. And I'm like, I have no idea. My who this is. mind is absolutely <laughs> shattered. Like I beyond no, blown. And you keep bringing it up. It's just like the second time you brought it up in the podcast series. And I'm like, I don't know why he thinks I love this quote like, so much. We have both read <laughs> Secrets of the Millionaire Mind and Susan Jeffers is like quoted in this. And I thought that this moment was like a pinnacle moment in your reading no, experience of, of this book. 
And now I, I come to find out that it's had, just a standard I wallpaper had, yep. that had her name and her quote on yep, it. Yep, that part was just a standard like template. Wow. I added stuff onto it, but I just did it around the quote because I thought, oh, that's a cool quote, but I didn't think anything of it. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, Kim, I like thought that this. I know. I've got to return our anniversary <laughs> gift. Like, I got a bracelet that had that engraved on it. No. That's wow. So okay. Well, yeah. you know what? I don't care. Now it is, is my now. favorite. <laughs> it is now your favorite <laughs> That's quote. My favorite and quote. And you must own that. I will own it. Susan Jeffers. Feel, feel, the, feel fear the fear. And do it anyway. And do it anyway. <laughs> With all fears, right? They can be debilitating, but yeah. you have to push through. You got to mm-hmm. find a way to push through because if you don't, you're never going to conquer that fear. Yeah. I can tell you something that I did that was fearful today. I know this is going to sound really stupid and have nothing to do necessarily with money, um, but it does have something to do with business. And I feel like I had a moment where I recognized, oh my gosh, I'm scared of this. This is how my clients feel. And I love when I do that because it just puts me in their shoes for a hot second. And I'm like, wow, it is hard when you're trying something new or trying something that's outside of your comfort zone for the first time. It can feel very like you can be full of fear. So I've been trying to do this um like this uh, routine of uh, during my business of like connecting with people and networking with people, which is really easy for me to do in person. But online, it's just not my favorite thing to do. Um, I don't want to come across as sleazy. There's a whole background to it, right? <clears throat> which we'll, t- we'll get to this soon. Yes, <laughs> this we is will. exactly where this comes from, right? So I will, I took the time today, I set myself a timer and I was like, okay, I can, I recognize that I am procrastinating from doing this task because I, I just don't want to put myself out there. I need to set myself a timer for 30 minutes and I am going to just go out there and start talking to people online. And I remember setting the timer for today and for the first five minutes, I just stared. I was in like a group that I'm paying for a subscription group. And I literally just stared and I was like, where do I start? What do I even do? How do I have conversation? Like it was really like, it was, then I just had to just like dive in and like, I had to think about it. Like every post is like a door to a party that I'm going to. And I can decide if I want to go in that party and open the door or if I don't like the topic and I just want to go to another place. And that's how I had to experience for myself, but I did it. But I was so scared and I was like, oh, this is going nowhere. I just feel like, you know, this is like that feel the fear. Like, the, bi- the biggest mistake most people make is waiting for the feeling of fear to subside or disappear before they're willing to act. It will never happen. I am right. four years almost, well, three and a half into my business and I'm still f- afraid of certain parts of my business, but I have to just push through because I know that that's where I'm going to get the growth that I want. Right. I'm 34 years old and if I see a snake, I don't give a gram, you're taking care of it. Like I I will handle bugs, insects, spiders, I'll smack those things and squish them with my hand. I could care less, but show me a snake, no, I'm running. We're both running. You, you, show no, him a bear to, and I'm gonna laugh at you. Right, and, and <laughs> it's I- It's like I'll run too. I, yeah, I, I don't do snakes and I don't do bears. Those are the two things I don't do. I don't care, make fun of me. So what, I'm not going to the woods. Feel the fear. You and can't do it make anyway. me go into the wild. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Born in the suburbs, die in the suburbs. Oh my gosh. The Crazy. story of Daniel Graham. <laughs> All right. Number two. Fear of conflict or disagreement that could lead to a breakdown mm. in the relationship. 
So some people are so afraid to communicate in their relationship because they're afraid that it's going to cause a conflict that's going to break down Mm -hmm. their relationship. Mm -hmm. I wonder if this is a fear that comes from young relationships or do you think this comes from even aged relationships? Um, I feel like it could be... Like we've been together for 21, almost 22 years. Like is this something... Like could could a converse? I guess depending on the weight of the conversation. It's true, right? I I feel like I feel like when it comes to conflict or disagreement, I think it really depends on. I think that's something that happens from when you were growing up, right? If you had or if you saw someone have conflict or disagreement, and someone you love was in a conversation with someone and they were conflicting or having a disagreement, and they were yelled at or they were belittled or they were just treated un fairly and you could tell the other person was hurt you could harbor those feelings of oh wow like I don't want that to happen to me and then as you grow up you start saying I'm afraid or I don't like conflict because I don't want to be as a part of that so I think either one of two things can happen you could be the person who tries to be the louder or the most boisterous person in the conversation because you want to win because you want to be that person that's more powerful or you could be that person who avoids is quiet, is timid, and it's just like, I don't necessarily need to have this conversation. I will avoid it at all costs. Just get walked over. Yeah, I think conversations can like, uh, you know, I'm just thinking of examples in my head, like maybe, you know, later down the road in your relationship, like way down the road, like maybe one spouse wants to have, you know, their mother or their father live it in mm-hmm. the home with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that the other spouse isn't with it. And you're like, well, you know, my, my mom is getting older. My dad's getting older. Like they, you know, I don't want them in a retirement home. Like I want them to live with us. Like that could be, you know, a hard conversation where there could be a conflict. It could be a breakdown in the relationship or maybe, you know, in those early years of your marriage, like one spouse is all about having a big family and the other spouse doesn't want kids at all. Right. Right. Like that can be a tough conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, that there could be, you know, dripping in fear and, you know, there could be a breakdown in the relationship. Yeah, those, yeah are, those are tough. So those are big conversations too. It doesn't too. matter, which is my point. It doesn't matter if it's early in your relationship or late in your relationship. Like this fear can still exist. Right, right. Right, you're never too far past mm-hmm. this fear from coming up. Yeah. Uh, so you're someone even from early years, like you're not a big fan of conflict. I'm not, I don't like conflict. Um, I like for everyone to get together and be happy. Sing um, Kumbaya. Sing Kumbaya. Um, I did the Strengths Finder. Did you do Strengths Finder when you were I in school? I did not enter you the there county. You, your last, like that year or two before you went, like went in before me, like that was like the last couple of years before so Strength Finder was Strength Finder is a really, really great thing if you've never done it before. It's kind of like, uh, you know how some people are doing like this whole, uh, I've done knockoff embodying. versions. I've done like Aldi versions <laughs> Aldi of versions. strength finders. So basically it's just a really long quiz or, or something like that. And it tells you more so like what your strengths are. And it tells you basically that the whole philosophy is to focus on your strengths as opposed to your weaknesses. So as you're putting teams together, you're putting strengths and strengths together and focusing on that as opposed to you know, putting someone in a place that it doesn't fit them. So it's a really good, you know, thing for team building and stuff like that. And one of mine is harmony. And is it's all about like, I want to bring people together. I'm all about melding relationships. I want people to speak kindly to one another. Yeah. Living living in perfect perfect harmony. It's us. 
and it's us <laughs> who's that couple it's us um so yeah like it's it's all of that so i'm a very much a harmonious type of person so when i see conflict i don't like it um i remember my parents and they did not argue in the least bit like but my parents would be having heated debates we'll call it where they're just playing with each other and like talking loudly and i'd be like oh my gosh are you guys getting divorced like that was the that was the thing that i ran to <laughs> one extreme to another and my parents were like no <laughs> this makes so much sense to our marriage now like you jump to these like extreme conclusions i do i do i wow. jump to extremes um because it guys just, we're all learning together we're today all learning together susan jeffers it was just a wallpaper <laughs> My wife has childhood experiences where she jumps to extreme conclusions. Yes. Like, wow. Thank you for learning so that, and growing with me today. Absolutely. So I think that like that came into our marriage. I remember a distinctive moment where my husband raised his voice. He did not yell. He's never yelled in our nine years of marriage. We never like nine years of dating. Sorry, sorry, sure. sorry, sorry. We never had a fight or anything like that. That was like really bad or like whatever. Um, we got married and he, at one point in our first year of marriage, raised his voice at me. I don't even know if it was an anger. I don't even remember what it was about. But I remember I had enough where of the wherewithal because of the foundation we had at least is like, this is like, you know, this is my friend or whatever, that I was like, you can't do that. I won't respond to you. Like I will, I will shut down and I will cry if you yell at me. So I just want you to know that if you ever want to talk to me about something seriously, I need you to talk to me. Don't yell at me. <laughs> and I, that was it. That was, the, <laughs> that was the last time. Right. And, and that's where I kind of talked about school before, right? If, if you can't talk to someone without yelling or screaming or raising your voice, then you probably don't know how to have a respectful Mm -hmm. conversation Discourse. or a respectful disagreement right yeah so let's let's uh, if you don't know this if you, this is like your first time listening right kimberly taught in education for almost 10 years before stepping away to become a financial coach which she is now doing very well thank you babe i'm still in the system and i've been teaching for oh, almost we gonna get you out thanks bro. boo i've been in for almost 15 years i make it sound like prison i've been in the clank <laughs> for like almost 15 years now uh, so we have a, a, a massive background in education. So here's, here's what you need to do, right? When you're having a disagreement mm -hmm. with your partner, all right, you need to validate their thoughts, right? You need mm -hmm. to reiterate what they say and then respectfully disagree and state your case in a civil manner. So, Hey, this is, I see, this is what you're thinking. These are your mm -hmm. thoughts. Like I, I see where you're coming from. I see why you say that based on your background and your history and you know, what you stand for. Like I see that. And what you're saying is this, you're saying blah, 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 right? You're, mm -hmm. you've restated, you've, you know, validated, you know, you've made them feel heard. Validated and that you just listened to them. Then you say, you know, but respectfully, I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not yelling. I'm not. I'm just saying, dude. Respectfully, I disagree. And mm -hmm. here's my take. Here's why I say that. And that's it, mm -hmm. right? This is what we teach kindergartners to do. Mm -hmm. You say, I respectfully disagree. You state your case. They listen. Then they respond. You listen, and you have this civil back and forth. There's and no I, yelling. There's no raised voices. And I know there's some people who are probably listening to this, kind of laughing, like, Oh my gosh, how does this work with kids? 
we do it with our kids too. <laughs> like our kids will like today, like Peyton got really upset because we went to the tennis courts because it was empty to, to have them. This is our two year old, by the ride way, ride their scooter, the one that like, you know, destroys things. Um, so she was just using her scooter and I mentioned that we were going to go to the playground and as we were going back, they just kept having these like pit stops of like falling or crying or just lots of pit stops because, you know, kids. And so when I came back, I had to go to a meeting and I said, I'm sorry, honey, we're not going to be able to go. And she cried and had her two-year-old tantrum. I made sure she got all cleaned up and whatever. And I was like, I understand that you're upset, right? I didn't yell at her, right? As much as, as frustrating as it is to see her have a two-year-old tantrum, I'm like, okay, well, I get it. She's upset. I'd be upset too if I you told me I was going to go to the park and then you switched your mind. Like, I'd be upset too. And so, you know, like I needed to make sure she knew, like, I understand that you're upset. I, you know, and I, what we do is we try to encourage our kids to use their words to tell me how they're feeling as opposed to just screaming at my face, right? So, you know, use your words. How are you feeling? What, what are you upset about? Can you say it? Mommy, I'm upset. I'm upset because I wanted to go to the park. And I said, well, do you understand why we can't go? We can't go because you have a meeting, which I know sounds horrible, but they understand that that's just a part of what mommy has to do and what daddy has to hey, do. They should be thankful they got that's to go life. outside. Right. And I said, let's talk about three things that we did that were really good. Like we work through those emotions of how to have a civil discourse or, you know, like disagreement. I know I, 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 but you said, I understand what I said and I'm sorry that we had to switch things. Perhaps we can go tomorrow. And that does take more time. And in the same way that as you're an adult talking to another adult who should understand how to have a conversation, I'm talking to a two-year-old, Right. Adults should be able to understand, like, I hear this person, I validate this person, I'm not happy with what's been said, but here's what I'm thinking right now. That's how you have a conversation. But there's a fear that in that conflict that what if the person has less respect for me? What if that person isn't going to allow me to have the time to say my piece without interrupting me? Like there's so many things that come into place. Hey, hey guys, this is Kim Graham, co-host of the Affluent Marriage Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your episode so far. And I know that you're like, wait, hold on, there's more here. And there is, it's in the next episode. (laughs) We hope that you guys are gonna join us over there. And in the meantime, if you're waiting, join us on Instagram at the Affluent Marriage Pod because we'd love to connect with you, converse with you. We want you guys to message us, see how you're doing and how you're enjoying the podcast. We wanna hear all of those things and we cannot wait to help you live in love and walk in wealth in the next episode. See you guys soon. Thank you.